Well, good morning, and welcome to Natural Wonders. Ed Hollihan sitting in for Maggie Jones this morning. Maggie's a bit under the weather. Here's hoping she gets back to better soon. My guest today is Forrest Yankee. He is the programs coordinator for the Crawford Stewardship Project. Forrest was born in a barn. I love that line. Forrest was born in a barn and grew up on Dancing Waters Permaculture Co-op. A child of the Driftless, he is dedicated to helping people protect the values and the rights of local communities and ecosystems. Hi, Forrest. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Ed. Hey, thanks for joining me. It's a privilege to uh, first to meet you and then to uh, sit in for Maggie. Hey, we don't have a lot of time, so let's get right to it. As we just told folks, you're you're the uh, program coordinator for the mm-hmm. Crawford Stewardship Project. Would you tell us what they what they do? What does CSP do? Yeah, so I've been in this position for just over 10 years now. 10 years? Mm-hmm. But you're only 14. How did you... 10? <laughs> yeah, well, they picked me up at a young age. You know. <laughs> okay, 10 years in the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we as an organization have... Our main focus is environmental justice, local control of natural resources, and sustainable land and water use. And so, of course, that can imply a lot of different things Man, over, that's pretty broad. over yeah. the now 17 years of the organization. We have tackled lots of issues, um, but we really we tend to focus on extractive and potentially polluting industries on this uh, me, very special and sensitive... Give me an example of what one of those might be. Yeah. What's so, an extractive industry? Uh, well, the first thing that Crawford Stewardship Project tackled was the first application for a CAFO or a factory farm, these yep. concentrated animal feeding operations that are popping up around the area and basically concerns that a shift to this style of agriculture and this style of manure management is particularly dangerous on our sensitive karstic landscape out here. Mm -hmm. Yep, and also that has entailed frac sand mining. There was a big boom in that. Uh, We've taken on high-capacity wells, high-capacity transmission lines, uh, really anything large and industrial that is very complicated to do well and right on a landscape this complicated. Those are some pretty big triggers. You just Mm. covered uh, four major issues. Yeah, well, the pipelines haven't come through here yet, but... uh, (laughs) You're anticipating. (laughs) One never Might as well. Yeah, right. So uh, Crawford, the the stewardship, um, their overall mission is to uh, pay attention and... uh, I don't want to say. And yeah, I bring say people fine. into the process. So okay. we we try to act as watchdogs and keep tabs on what's going on, what permits are going through, and try to plug people, especially those most impacted, into the process in ways that they can be effective, in ways that they can speak to their representatives and have their voices heard, and have that bottom-up communication that's very important to our democracy and is often overlooked. So, so I've heard. Um, doesn't the state take care of the stuff? Yeah, well, we, we hear that a lot. Um, and specifically talking about uh, CAFOs and factory farms, uh, yes, the state has actually explicitly preempted much local control over these um, back 
right about when the organization was started. Uh, I think it was passed in 2006 and implemented 2008. The livestock siting law really basically said, okay, these are the state standards. This is what there is. You local communities should not go above those standards. You cannot say no. Um, and uh, that is, of course, concerning. And the DNR only looks at a certain set of factors, um, like how much manure, how many acres, basic calculation there. Okay, looks okay. You know, is the manure lagoon constructed up to NRCS standards, things like that. But there's lots of factors that uh, local communities may want to consider that are not included in that, like air quality or road damage or property values or what if there's a fire or what if there's a mass mortality? What are they going to do with all those bodies? None of those are actually required plans in the current uh, state regulatory framework. Um, however, these are things that we could require plans for at a local level. Um, so that's one thing that we are trying to help municipalities move forward with is really trying to plan for these things a little better and fill in the gaps. In your in your intro to uh, how the state is taking care of us uh, with these issues, um, you said that they've effectively preempted local control? Yes, on in a lot of ways. Um, so the livestock siting law really focuses on siting and whether our communities can say yes or no in the first place or whether we can dictate where these things go and that's been very explicitly preempted um, however we're now looking into what we're calling CAFO operations ordinances where you can regulate how they operate okay oh maybe so we're, the state can say yeah you can put one where you want to put one but here's how you have to well operate. then the community would say okay if we are required to give you these permits if you've crossed the T's and dotted the I's, you also have to meet these standards to protect basic community health and safety and welfare, which is the purview of local governments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is, I don't know, it's who knows how far down the road things are. Um, let's say a local community had some or all of the protections they wanted in place for the operators mm -hmm. of a CAFO. Um, that's all headed to court sometime, right? I mean, isn't that where things go? Well, uh, we we do live in a litigious society. Love that and, word. And uh, <laughs> there are some major organizations that are very well-funded and well-connected that do tend to challenge these things or send menacing letters to our municipalities mm -hmm. and our counties when we're considering things like that or even a moratorium which is basically a temporary hold on these things while the municipality figures out what to do and how to potentially regulate these things um However, we are of the firm opinion that our local municipalities absolutely have the right to protect local health, safety, and welfare. That is the foundation of local government. Mm -hmm. There are constitutional protections there, um, and not only the right, but the responsibility to do these things and to listen to the concerns of the constituents. And we believe that some of these ordinances could help address some of those concerns. 
proactively as opposed to waiting for a permit to appear and then the whole process of the public hearings. But by that point, you're already just in the DNR framework and uh, you can <laughs> you can have a whole movement, but the DNR is only required to take input uh, into account on very specific sets of things and much is out of their purview, like some of the things I mentioned, like right. air quality, for example, right. or a fire. That's that's not a DNR. Nope. They're, they're only only water quality and only certain parts of water quality. And the standards that exist are really to maximize production, not targeted for protection of groundwater quality. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a that's a earth shaking notion that uh, many uh, parts of government are actually sort of business favorable, mm-hmm. uh, bottom line favorable. Yeah, and and the operations that do follow those regulations and do limit their spreading to those regulations are definitely doing better by water quality. Of course, this is another concern that there's a very <laughs> major lack of staffing and reinforcement Ah. within the DNR. Um, Of course, there's not a lot of that available at our local level either. Right. Um, You know, our municipalities can't pay someone to be going around and enforcing everything. But just the requirement of these plans and setting a little bit higher bar uh, is really important. And the good operators will follow those and be happy to follow those mm-hmm. because they are basic uh, protections for neighbors and water and uh, the soil and those very important things to people. And those that are not good operators will most likely choose not to operate in communities that have uh, those sorts of standards. Interesting. So you go where the market um, lets you go so to speak. Can folks, can citizens, can us normal folks help you with that gargantuan uh, task? Yeah. Well, the first thing that we always really encourage is that people just get involved in local government. And, you know, this doesn't mean necessarily mobbing them with a giant group of your friends and demanding that they take action on an issue. It means just showing up and being there Um, I was appointed to my local township planning commission by attending three consecutive meetings and barely saying anything. Um, And I was welcomed onto the planning commission because I was there and I was interested. You showed up. Yeah, exactly. And it's rare that people do. I think there's a huge focus on what's going on at the national level and what the president says and the candidates say and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you, you get to give an up and down vote every once in a while on who says who gets to lead and that, but it's really hard to have an impact on that level, whereas it can be relatively easy to have a serious impact in your local township or village around here if you actually put in the legwork to build the relationships and show up and be there. Um, And right now, this is... um, a time that our townships and municipalities are going through a process of updating our comprehensive plans. Uh, These things were required by the state 20 years ago. Um, Theoretically, they're supposed to be updated every 10 years. Mm -hmm. So this is a process that I really hope many of our communities are going through. It involves surveying 
their citizens about their priorities, taking input on what, how to guide our local elected leaders and what we take action on, what ordinances we consider writing, um, things like that. So we're, we're really trying to encourage this as an existing official public participation in our local governments. And uh, these things can be really powerful if there's actual participation and they're taken seriously and not just filed on some dusty shelf and yeah. ignored. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to have you back sometime on somebody's show um, because there are lists of, of successes locally all over the country. Mm-hmm. And it's what you say, it's people showing up and it amazing how it works. Uh, we're running short on time, of course, mm-hmm. uh, this being community radio. You guys have a, you guys, Crawford Stewardship is got a big event coming up on February 25th. Mm-hmm. Would you tell us about that? please? Yeah. So this event we are calling Planning for Stewardship. It will be on February 25th. That's a Sunday at 3 p.m. goes till 5.30 p.m. And we'll be talking in part about these comprehensive plan Mm -hmm. processes. This is a process that I think a lot of our municipalities could use some guidance on. Um, And we're going to have somebody from the Mississippi River Regional Planning Commission, Mm -hmm. John Bingle. Um, They help counties and municipalities out with these sorts of plans. Uh, He's going to be talking about that. We're also going to have Phil Mueller there, who's the uh, town supervisor in Utica Township, which is one of the townships that's really taking this process very seriously. Mm -hmm. They've contracted with Mississippi River Regional Planning Commission to help them do the survey and do the process and everything. So we're really uh, highlighting them as a good example uh, to follow for our other municipalities. Uh, We're also going to be talking about these operations ordinances that mm-hmm. we mentioned. Lisa Dore is going to be coming down uh, to discuss this with us. She was deeply involved in passing this at the municipal level in Polk and Burnett counties. There are a handful of townships that have passed these up there, and she'll talk about her experience and um, the outcomes of some of that, some of the legal challenges they've had, and some of the successes. Um, and none of those has been passed so far in local townships and municipalities, but this is an option that we are really encouraging people to look at. And finally, we're going to have Steve Oberly, who's going to talk about source water assessments and plans and ordinances, which is a way for, uh, those who provide drinking water to their people to make sure that drinking water is drinkable and remains drinkable in the future. <laughs> Fairly important. Yeah. Yeah. For most uh, people. So you say, sun- yeah, for most of us who actually do drink water. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday, February 25th, what mm-hmm. time and where? I'm not sure we told people yes, where. Yes, uh, at 3 to 5.30 p.m. at Seneca at the school there. Um, Seneca so. School. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. How can folks get in touch with you or Crawford or if it's the same we need some contact info for you. Yeah. Well, uh, you can always go to our website, which is just CrawfordStewardship.org. It's a lovely website, by the way. Thank Seriously, you. Seriously. Thank you. I was impressed. We have an active Facebook page. We're on Instagram, um, Crawford Stewardship. Uh, my email is F as in Forrest, 
Yankee, J-A-H-N-K-E, at CrawfordStewardship.org. I'm happy to One talk with people. F. Yankee, J-A-H-N-K-E, at CrawfordStewardship.org. And people can feel free to reach out to me directly. Um, we can figure out an event together or how to figure out uh, other collaborations. We're, we're really happy to work with the excellent ecosystem of organizations in this area doing wonderful work. Mm -hmm. I think we've all really found a good niche for ourselves and we're always happy to cross promote what other people are doing and just sort of build the movement in general. Oh, thank you for that. I'm sure folks do listen to this radio station, so I'm glad we got a chance to put you, your organization, and your info in front of them. Excellent. Well, we're like I said, we're happy to put other people's info out there. We have a community calendar. We've got our social media. We send out uh, news and actions every month. So uh, it's it's all about building those connections and getting people out and finding the the positive collaborations that are out there. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Our guest this morning has been Forrest Yonke. This is Ed Hollihan. I'm signing off for Natural Wonders, and hopefully Maggie Jones will be back just as soon as she can. Thank you, Forrest. Thank you.